What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one I'm going to go through some of my early thoughts for game week four. So I have slightly rebranded the Monday video. I used to do a watch list talking through some of the players that I was thinking about bringing into my own team and I'm still going to do that but I wanted the ability to be able to add other stuff as well. So for example in this one I've got my notes from the weekend's games and we're also going to talk a little bit about the game week four wildcard as well. So we've got final thoughts at the end of the week, early thoughts at the start and then the usual content like transfer tips team selection game week preview in between if someone's got a better name than early thoughts i'm all ears but it does kind of cover exactly what's going to be in the video so if you do enjoy it make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button and help me hit 375k before the international break and if you haven't checked out fantasy football hub to get signed up with up to 50 percent off at the moment all the links you need are in the description below so we've got to start with raheem stern and then let's be honest this is a bit of a knee jerk because had he only scored like seven or eight points against luton there is no way he'd be spot spoken about as much as he's going to be this week but when you score 19 points people are going to take notice of that and I also think it's coincided with other midfielders suddenly feeling very sellable so for example in game week three Arsenal had Fulham at home Man United had Forest at home lots of FPL managers myself included just wouldn't sell players like that with a good fixture and whatever the outcome I think that was the correct decision but now they're playing each other in game week four some of those players maybe haven't done as well as we would have hoped across the first three game weeks could we sell one maybe oh and guess what there's a midfielder that only costs 7.1 million that's just put up 19 points and now has Forrest at home Bournemouth away Villa at home Fulham away and Burnley away so things do look pretty good Richarlison's obviously on three one pointers Eze's blanked in every game so far yes it's a knee jerk but I do think it's one worth looking at and I will say and this isn't hindsight, right? I've said this in other videos before game week three. I think Sterling has looked good in all the games for Chelsea so far. Not necessarily for the full 80 to 90 minutes, but against Liverpool at times, he was picking up the ball in between the lines, running at defenders. There were glimpses of the Sterling we've seen do very well in the past. Against West Ham in the first half especially, he was great. Didn't necessarily lead to a bunch of chances created or loads of shots, but he looked very good. And all of a sudden, you've got that output in the Luton game. And this is a player that in the past has been incredible. If we look at his previous seasons, last year wasn't great for any Chelsea player, but before that, 163 points, 154, and then from 2016, sorry, 2017-18 up until 2019-20, three seasons in a row, he put up over 200 points, and I get that was for Man City, but again, we know what he's capable of. He's always got good underlying numbers. And you can say, well, it was Luton. That was a good fixture. But they've got another five pretty good fixtures. The hardest one is probably Villa at home in game week six. And I don't think that is one where you'd be necessarily afraid to play Sterling anyway. So like I've said, it is a knee jerk. I do think he's worth looking at. The things I like about him in particular are no Europe for Chelsea. So there's no real worries about rest or rotation or anything like that. He's going to be in every single team sheet while fit that Pochettino puts out. You never have to worry about him not being in that start in 11. And obviously his minutes are great as well. If we look at what he's had so far, I think even in the game that was won against Luton, he played the full 90. It was 90 against West Ham and 80 against Liverpool. And I think with Sterling, it feels like he's been around forever. So maybe he's coming to the end of his career where the minutes will start tailing off. But he's only 28. He doesn't turn 29 until December. He's in his prime, you could say, in terms of age for a footballer. So there's loads of minutes to come. No Europe or anything like that. I think the one concern I have about Chelsea is if some of these teams they play put up a low block, will they have the players to unlock that? 
I think Sterling driving at defenders will cause them problems, but they need other players as well. And obviously, they're missing Nkunku. Chukumek is injured as well. Gallagher's probably not the answer for that number 10 spot in terms of being creative. The transfer window is still open, so they might well buy someone. And obviously, you can wait to see if that happens before you make your move for Sterling because the deadline for FPL is at half six on Friday. The transfer deadline's at 11. I mean, transfers could go through after the FPL deadline, but it's quite unlikely there'd be any major ones. So we'll know before Friday, hopefully, who Chelsea are going to sign. So that might help them as well. But ultimately, I just look at those fixtures and it's hard to kind of look past him. It's not that he's now essential. There's still loads of other midfielders. And in a different scenario... I would look at my midfield of Martinelli, Saka and Bermo, Fernandes and Rashford and think I don't really need to sell any of them. And if I had loads of other fires to put out, I'd probably hold on to them. But like I said, it's just coincided that he suddenly looks great, great fixture run, and maybe I can sell some of those midfielders. So if you're thinking about getting him and worried that you're just chasing points, look, he's not going to score 19 every week, obviously. But I think there's plenty more points to come. I, basically, I don't think this is a situation like Isaac in game week one. Two goals against Villa. Suddenly everyone brings him in. We have bad fixtures. Man City, Liverpool, then Brighton. Sterling's had a great fixture, got the points, and now has really great fixtures to come as well. So yeah, massive knee jerk, but I'm probably going to do it as well. So while all the talk this week is going to be about Sterling, we definitely shouldn't forget about James Madison because he was an injury that ahead of game week three. In the end, he was fit enough to start against Bournemouth and he looked great once again. And all those things I've just said about Sterling, one of the first names on the team sheet, great minutes, no Europe, really important to how his team play. You can say all those things about Madison, plus he has all set pieces. Like everything Spurs do in attack goes through him. And I think just think he's an all-round fantastic FPL option. I said ahead of game week two, I think he's going to continuously tick over with points. And that's what we've seen so far. Three attack and returns in the first three games. And what I really liked about his goal against Bournemouth is he's making those runs into the box beyond the defence, looking for the pass. And okay, he didn't quite connect with the ball as you might have hoped, but it still went in the back of the net. He's still in the right positions. Plus, he's creating a lot of chances as well. So there's lots to like about him. And I think there probably is a case to be made that Madison and Sterling could both be in our FPL squads. If you're looking at those two and Foden, as you might have imagined if you've watched my videos, I do prefer Madison and Sterling because I prefer not to have the headache when it comes to starts. And I think going forward, Foden probably will get a lot of minutes, but there's always going to be some doubts there. Like in game week three, I think owners were just unlucky. He was ill. Going forward, he'll be available again. And look, Fulham at home, West Ham away, Forest at home, Wolves away in the next four game weeks are pretty good fixtures. You would expect Man City to score what? Like eight to 10 plus goals. But is Foden definitely going to start all those, especially when Europe begins? Who knows, right? I can't answer that. I don't think many people can. And that's always my worry. If Foden does start all four of those games, there's an argument to be made that he's better than the other two. But you need to be very sure about that. So I probably wouldn't go there. If you could only have one, Madison or Sterling, which is pretty much the situation I'm in, I am leaning more towards Sterling, mostly because of the fixtures. Like Over the next six, Madison has re uh, four really good games. The problem is they're either side of Arsenal away and Liverpool at home. So it's Burnley away, Sheffield United at home, game weeks four and five. I think there's every chance that Madison matches, if not outscores Sterling in those two. But then it's Arsenal away, Liverpool at home. So from a longer viewpoint, it's not so good. Then you've got Luton away, Fulham at home. Now, if this is a player that you're putting into your squad and you know 100% you're not going to sell them anytime soon for like eight to 10 game weeks, maybe you just go for Madison for that slightly longer um, thinking. 
But I just think FPL never works like that. Something always crops up. There's always an injury. It could be to one of these two players. I think you take the better fixtures that Sterling has, where he has Villa at home, Fulham away, Burnley away. His next tough one isn't until game week nine, which is Arsenal at home. So that's probably why I'll, why I'll probably lean that way. There is a bit of a fixture swing for Chelsea then. So it's Arsenal at home, Brentford at home, Spurs away, Man City at home, Newcastle away. We will be looking to get rid of Spurs, uh, sorry, Chelsea players from game week nine onwards. It could be that you just go from the switch from Sterling straight to Madison because his fixtures are a little bit better. In fact, if I quickly look at Spurs' fixtures longer term, uh, I've got a doggy in my squad. Uh, game week nine, Fulham at home. Then it's Palace away. Chelsea at home, not great. But then it's Fulham, uh, sorry, Wolves away, Villa at home. Then Man City away game week 14. So I just think from 9 to kind of 13, they've only got one difficult fixture, which is probably Chelsea. And it's at home anyway, so it's not really that big of a deal. So that's probably why I'll probably go Sterling over Madison. But if you've already got Sterling or you just don't want him, I still think Madison's a fantastic pick that's going to continuously tick over with points. So I want to talk about Kieran Trippier because the fixtures that Newcastle have had so far this season haven't been great from a clean sheet perspective, but that is about to change from game week five onwards because of the fixture swing that they have. And this is what the run looks like. Brentford at home, Sheffield United away, Burnley at home. Then it's West Ham away and Crystal Palace at home. Those fixtures don't guarantee you clean sheets, but the likelihood of getting them definitely goes up. And you might say, well, if the fixture swing's not till game week five, why are we talking about this now? Well, there's a few reasons, right? Trippier is 6.5 million. So for a lot of people, that means finding money to upgrade one of your current defenders. You need to think about that when you're making your transfers in game week four. Botman went off injured against Liverpool. So if he's out for the long term, does that affect the Newcastle defence? Is Trippier still worth going for? Are there other options we could go for from a different team? And for some people... Is it worth just bringing him in in game week four, even though he's got Brighton away? So they're the things that I want to discuss. Now on Botman, I don't quite know what's happening there yet. We'll have to wait and see what Eddie Howe says. If he is out for an extended period of time, that does weaken the Newcastle defence. There's no doubts about that. They'd have to bring in someone like Dan Byrne to play centre-back and play someone else left-back, or they could play Lascelles there instead. It's not ideal. The transfer window's still open. They may well sign a new centre-back, but it does weaken the Newcastle defence. I just think because they're already starting from such a high position in terms of how good that defence is, it wouldn't completely put me off buying Newcastle players, even Trippier at 6.5 million. And one of the reasons for that is I don't think there's a load of standout defenders right now. Like Chilwell is still excellent. Obviously, Estrepinian's been great, but Brian haven't kept a clean sheet yet, and the fixtures they got coming up are quite difficult. Even if you've got Saliba instead of Gabriel, it's Man United at home this week. I think Arsenal can win that, but I think they'll also concede. Then it's an away game to Everton. Then it's home to Spurs, so similar situation to Man United. Probably win that game, but they'll probably concede. Then it's another away game to Bournemouth. Now, to be fair, Arsenal have already got a clean sheet away to Crystal Palace this year, and their defence away from home last year was decent. So Everton and Bournemouth are not anything to worry about. But I don't think Saliba is so essential. You would need to worry if you had to sell him. Then you've got players like Destiny Udoggy. Like, he's good. I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's not, there's not a huge amount of standout great attacking defenders right now. And even with Botman out, I'd still like the look of Trippier. I think if you've got a defence that's looking like James and Shaw are injured and Gabriel's not starting, you need to make a defender transfer and you want Trippier long-term, you could definitely just buy him this week instead. That's going to be very team-dependent. Like When I look at my own team for game week three, I've currently got Chilwell, Estrepinian and Udogi. And either this week or next week, I will probably make a defender transfer. But if I really wanted Trippier, 
Like, is there any point in bringing him in to not play SGP now at home to uh, Newcastle? Like, I don't think he keeps a clean sheet, but I don't think Newcastle keep one either. So for my team, it doesn't make sense. But if you need to replace a, uh, an injured player and you want Trippier long-term, then you could definitely look at bringing him in. The other option is an alternative team. And the one for me would probably be Man City. Ruben Diaz is someone I've looked at. Now, we've already spoken about their fixtures when we when we touched on Foden. But just a reminder, it's Fulham at home, West Ham away, Forest at home, then Wolves away in game week seven. So over the next four, I would say that Man City have just as good a clean sheet potential as Newcastle do. But the most important thing is they've got Fulham at home this week, which is definitely play, uh, better sorry, than playing Brighton away. So I think if you need a defender immediately and you also want good fixtures after that, you could just go for a Man City defender like Ruben Diaz instead of Trippier. The only thing for me is I like the minutes of Diaz, right? And I think obviously he didn't play, was it the first one or two games because of concussion protocols? I'm just going to double check now. Uh, yeah, sorry, he didn't play against Burnley, but he played against Newcastle and then obviously Sheffield United. I think his minutes are good. But as with pretty much any Man City player, I'm always worried that at some point he'll get taken off before the 60th minute or he just won't start or something like that. And when that happens, that is just frustrating. So I'm kind of like, these. this is just early thoughts. I haven't made my mind up. I could buy Diaz this week and just not play Estepinian. But I think if I didn't get him, then in game week five, I'd be looking at Trippier instead. And that kind of tells me that deep down, I think Trippier is the better option. Also, there's not a huge amount of attacking potential from any of the man city defenders whereas even Trippier in these more difficult games bearing in mind they played villa man city and liverpool so far has still put up 0.27 expected assists per 90 so i think he probably is the one that i would go for but i don't think he's as essential as maybe he felt last season i actually looked on stream last night if you were watching that at my current defense on fantasy football hub again if you want to check this out links in the description below um I would probably bench Saliba this week through Doggy, and then I could take out Estepinian, or or, or I get okay. I could probably bench Estepinian, and I could take out Saliba instead, and put Ruben Diaz in rather than going for Trippier. And then my defense this week would have Forest at home, Fulham at home, and Burnley away. And then in game week five, it's a similar situation: Bournemouth away, West Ham away, Sheffield United at home. Then in game week six, it's Forest at home, Villa at home, and I can play Estepinian instead of Udogi for Bournemouth at home. So all of a sudden, we're up until game week seven, and I'm not really missing that Newcastle defender. So that's kind of why I'm talking about it now. It's just something to think about. For some people, it'll make sense to go for that Man City uh, or a Man City defender instead. Their defense just is better than Newcastle. There's just lack of attacking upside. For some of you, it might make sense to get Trippier this week. For everyone else, just have in the back of your mind, you might want him for 6.5 million in game week five. And I do think he'll be worth going for, even though Champions League starts up between game weeks five and six. I think he'll continue to start. Liveramento might get minutes off the bench, but you have to hope that Trippier makes it past 60. And I just think he's so attacking, I would still want him. Obviously, the other option you could look at from Newcastle is Fabian Cher. He's got good goal threat as well. But I think the king of the defenders for their team is Trippier. So yeah, not essential to bring in this week by any stretch, but worth thinking about. So I'm just going to give you some quick thoughts on the notes that I made over the weekend. Again, if I need to go into greater detail about any of this stuff, then I can cover it in all the other videos we have coming up later this week. And I am still generally working on the format of this Monday video. So if you've got any feedback, leave me a comment below. But for now, let's just go through these notes. 
So Richarlison's minutes in the first three game weeks, 90, 69, 59. So they're slowly coming down. He's been subbed before the 60th minute. Three one-pointers in a row. I think if you've got him, he's never going to be a must-sell ahead of Burnley away, Sheffield United at home. But if you've got the luxury of using a transfer on him, I think there's loads of other great midfielders out there. And I also think at some point, Song could just play number nine, which would reduce the appeal of Richarlison even more. So not a must-sell, but you could think about moving him on. Jackson finally off the mark against Chelsea. The thing that I like are his expected goal numbers. So 0.53 against Liverpool, 0.79 against West Ham, and 0.71 against Luton. He is getting into the right places. There are going to be games where he gets lots of chances and doesn't score. He's still very young, but I think right now he still looks great. If you don't own him, then maybe wait and see if Chelsea sign a new number nine in the transfer window before Friday's deadline. But ultimately, with the fixtures they got coming up, I still like him as a pick. No clean sheets in three games for Brighton so far, and they've got tough fixtures coming up. Newcastle at home, Man United away, Bournemouth at home, which is the best one of the next six, Villa away, Liverpool at home, Man City away. That is not great. Estrepinian is definitely not a must-sell, and I will probably keep him this week. But there is basically, all I would say is, it's not crazy to consider selling him. If you want to keep the rest of your defenders, but you need to bring in like a Man City defender or a Trippier, and you want to sell Estrepinian, it's not necessarily as crazy as it sounds. But for now, I'll probably keep him. Saka's still on penalties. I think I did say, I know some people commented on my video when I said Odegaard would probably take the next penalty. I did get that wrong, but I never said it was a guarantee. So Saka does still seem to be first choice, but it does mean that at some point Odegaard might say to him, can I take this one? And he might let him again. But for now, Saka nailed on. Great minutes, penalties. You've got to keep him, I think. Dean Henderson is joining Crystal Palace. What does that mean for Sam Johnston? Initial thoughts are, most people are going to have Johnston and Turner. So you can just hold Johnston for now. And if at some point Dean Henderson does start... At least you've got Turner on your bench, and then you can deal with it the next game week. Dean Henderson's been out for a little while. I don't think he would leave Man United to be a number two at a different club, but I also don't think he necessarily starts straight away. So if you own Johnson, don't panic just yet. Cameron Archer has joined Sheffield United. Sheffield United fans pretty much think he's going to be a nailed-on starter for them. So we've got a 4.5 million forward. Nothing to panic about if you don't own him. It just means if you're on wildcard or something like that, you could definitely include him. Um, Destiny Udoggy went off injured against Bournemouth. He should be fine for the next game. João Pedro benched again. He has to go, in my opinion. Van Dyke suspended for game week four. Could be good for Ollie Watkins. Foden didn't start against Sheffield United because of illness. So very unlucky if you own him. But obviously, going forward, that means he'll be available, right? Because he played off the bench. And so for Fulham at home, he should be fine. So if you own him, no need to sell him or anything like that. Uh, Antoine Semenyo, another 4.5 million forward. Started two games in a row for Bournemouth. Could be worth looking at. Maybe if him and Archer keep starting, 4-5-1 in the future could be a genuine formation we go with. But there are a lot of forwards, right? Harlem, Watkins... Um, Nicholas Jackson, Alvarez, Wisser, just to name a few. Morris at Luton. Loads of people are going to be talking about Nunez now. I'll talk about him tomorrow. So I don't know if 4-5-1 is necessarily that great. But if we have 4.5 million forwards that are playing, it does make it a little bit more viable. And then just on Julian Alvarez, I nearly put him on the watch list, actually. Took all set pieces, pretty much, against uh, Sheffield United yesterday. It's worth saying Foden wasn't on the pitch for most of that game. He probably would have taken some as well. But he did generally look very threatening. Was unlucky not to get an assist for the penalty that Harlem missed. He hit the post. I think if you're looking for a Man City attacker and you can't get to Foden because you've got loads of midfielders, and you want to use a forward spot instead, he looks pretty good. With all the usual caveats, the Man City players are generally just not completely nailed.
All right, let's quickly talk about a game week four wildcard team because I don't think a huge amount of people are looking to use the chip this week, but I have seen some conversations around it. My general opinion is the same as last week. The majority of people do not need to use the wildcard. A few transfers will fix their team, and there's another fixture swing around game weeks eight or nine where the chip might be better used. But if you're in a position where you're looking at your squad thinking you've got all the wrong players and or you've been really unfortunate with injuries and you want to use the wild card, let's quickly talk through what a team might look like. A good starting point is the best game week four wildcard team as suggested by the AI transfers on Fantasy Football Hub. If you want to check that out or you just want to get a rating for your own draft, all the links you need are in the description below. And what it does is compares your current team to what it considers the best team and gives you your projected points. So mine over the next five weeks are projected, or sorry, my team is projected to get 320 points. The best wildcard team is projected to get 327.9. Now, obviously, extra points are good, but I wouldn't consider 7.9 enough to wildcard. So for my team, I don't think I need it. But obviously, you can do your own comparison for your own team and then just go from there. In terms of the team that it suggests, I think the overall structure is pretty good. But there are some players that I don't agree with. I definitely wouldn't go for Johnston because obviously if Dean Henderson signs, that's a bit of an issue. If I was going 4.5, I would pick Flecken. But there are cases to be made to go Man United, Onana, or possibly even Edison as well. In defence, I really like Chilwell. I think Vardiol is fine if he keeps getting minutes. There's always a worry about that. So you could avoid Man City defenders if you want, or you could go for Diaz instead for 0.5 million more. I don't think there's an issue going for a second Chelsea defender, but if you want Nicholas Jackson, which in this team it has, you then can't get Sterling. So in the midfield, you've got Foden. So you could have Foden and Colwell, or you could have Sterling and just a different defender, whoever that is, Arsenal, Newcastle, etc. So that's something to think about. I personally wouldn't pick Foden, but I know people love him. I don't think he's a bad pick or anything like that. And just on Colwell, if we get an update this week that Reese James is going to be out for longer... I'd much rather have Gusto. He's more attacking and he's cheaper as well. I think there is a case to be made to hold Fernandez and Rashford on wildcard. I know some people have been really frustrated with them. They've shown what they can do against Forest. Yes, Arsenal away is not great, but the fixtures are pretty good after that. They're both nailed on. One of them has penalties as well. I would keep them on wildcard. And that's one of the reasons why I just won't wildcard because pretty much I would want exactly the same team I have now I'd also keep Saka on penalties nailed minutes all, all that stuff I just talked about and then you got Madison who I think it's a great pick so the only change I would probably make goalkeeper Carwell out and I'd probably go for Sterling over Foden up front you've got to have Haaland and then it's just who do you prefer Jackson Alvarez Wissa do you want to take a punt on Nunez I pretty much wouldn't do that but you could consider it so overall I quite like this team with the bench I don't know if it's worth keeping Estupinian I'd probably go for a second Newcastle defender Trippier or Fabian Share there instead you could also go with Saliba if you wanted to Turner as well is not a bad option for the bench but I'd probably go Ariola. you could even go for an Ariola and Turner double up if you wanted to I guess it's just always going to be question marks over whether Fabianski comes back in but right now, that does not seem to be the case. And then I definitely wouldn't go for Mabama. I would go for Cameron Archer instead and hope that he gets minutes for Sheffield United. Obviously, on Botman, he's there because his points potential is great over the next few weeks. But right now, he is flagged, so keep an eye on that. So that is a pretty good base for a team. But obviously, the thing you should do is come up with a draft that you like 
and then run it through this to see what the projected points are. So yeah, wildcard in game week four, not going to be for most people, but if you do need it, start thinking about that. All the links you need in the description below if you want to sign up for Fantasy Football Hub. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And if you're listening on podcast, please do rate five stars on whichever platform you're using. Otherwise, I will catch you again tomorrow for transfer tips. Sports Social Podcast Network.